Hi, welcome to the very first episode of Speak Greasy at Mag Street Kitchen, our show that's going to be all things delicious with all the chefs who walk through the doors of this gorgeous kitchen. So I thought, who better to kick off this season than my partner in crime, or I should say rather food and drink and all things delicious, uh, Jay Yusuf, who actually is really um, the brains behind this space. And uh, we're going to deep dive into how this madness all started. So welcome to Speak Greasy, Jay. Thank you for making the time for me. <laughs> um, so, you know, this... Magazine Street Kitchen is a baby that I guess uh, one of our, our second baby after the table, which um, happened about seven years ago in back in um, 2016 is when it opened. Um, but it was a good two years before, uh, you know, that the space was first encountered by us. Uh, so take us through that moment. I hope you can still remember that. It's uh, almost nine years now, but take us through how you ventured into the space the very first time. I had heard of this compound. I had never been to this compound. And um, one day, um, your dad, Bhagwat uh, uh, Dev just mentioned to me that, hey, I have this space. I don't know what to do. And do you want to check it out? So I said, yeah, let's go tomorrow. Let's check it. I mean, I want to see it. And more uh, I was interested in checking out your ancestors um, this compound yeah so by the way um, my grandfather and um, you know prior generations to that started um, Devidyal Stainless Steel which was I think the country's foremost producer of stainless steel utensils for the home and um, you know that's a story for another day but that happened right here in this compound so when we came we walked into the space. I mean, the space was nothing like what it is today. But um, there was a beauty. I mean... Um, but it was a pretty much a dump. Dump, yeah. When you just walked into the space, it was very inviting. Some of the spaces, they, that space will talk back to you. In second, you will know what you want to do, whether this space will work out or not. So when I walked in and I saw this space, this beautiful space, I mean, I do remember this beautiful columns uh, all over and um, the high ceiling, which is about 15, 15 and a half feet. And there was a little bit of a brick exposure also. Uh, some of them had uh, dilapidated uh, walls. And I said, wow, what a beautiful space. We have to do something. He, he was about to sell this uh, uh, space and he was not happy, but... He didn't know what to do with this uh, this space. And I said, I do have an idea and it is related to our industry. No, I'm not opening a restaurant here. And he said, okay, so it's yours. So do whatever you want, have fun. I went back in time in my San Francisco days. Um, basically, I have been to a lot of these places, like places like this, underground dinners. Um, back in time, uh, you used to get that last messages on your phone saying that where the address is and then you make it there. So that came into my mind. Then uh, New York uh, Meat District, that came right just, Meat Package District, that came right away into my mind. And I said, yes, that's, that's what it is. It's not going to be a restaurant, but we'll make a space so inviting and whatever there's a lack in the city, Bombay City, like training, 
whether it's workshops, all that started running into my uh, head. And I said, that's what we are going to do. So I'm going to give some context to people because obviously Ray Road isn't a place that's usually on anyone's beat. And I think that's where that question of, uh, you know, what are you going to open a restaurant here? And the surprise that the idea of that came because, you know, Ray Road is this very like industrial area. There's these large warehouse spaces. It's sort of this eastern part of um, central Bombay on the harbour and not really somewhere that people go to, right? So... So this compound is like, you know, it's it's a um, treasure trove, I think, yeah. of hidden treats. And I, it's, these are the kind of compounds. I mean, there are a lot, lot uh, in Bombay where a small, uh, small scale industries are. It's interesting because I think the way any city, like you mentioned meatpacking and, you know, I know like Shoreditch in, in London, like a lot of areas which were quite sort of not undervalued, but forgotten in a way. And uh, they've you know, it's where the city kind of uh, moved or because it was cheap real estate. And so someone took a punt and did something there. And then that, um, you know, and then when like if that takes off, then, you know, yeah. it draws. The- yeah, a lot of uh, cities. I mean, you know, uh, when uh, places like this, which have been ignored uh, for a very long time and later on, they re- regentify. It almost becomes like really expensive real estate in a way, like, you know, even... And even like Portobello, like uh, in in um, London, uh, you know, wasn't somewhere that people would go. And like today, it's like some of the most expensive real. Yeah. Remember when we were walking around in Singapore and there are some uh, places like this, which have they have brought back. And there's so many restaurants, like cafes, and it's a new kind of uh, location, uh, which uh, has become a big time for the dining. So before we get into, you know, talking more about what's in the kitchen, um, I know a lot of people ask why it's called Magazine Street. And in fact, it's really funny because people have messaged me on Instagram saying that, uh, hey, you know, if you're considering writing about this, we'd like to pitch a story. And I'm like, I don't have a magazine. Uh, it's called Magazine Street Kitchen for very different reasons. Um, so in Hindi, the area is known as Darukhana. And which is ironic because that's what Magazine Street Kitchen is all about, which is Daru and Khana. Um, but that's not what uh, the original meaning is, right? So Daru is um, Daru gunpowder, and Khana is that and the gun and rifle, the uh, the, uh, the spot where you load yeah. uh, load your bullet, I mean gunpowder into. That's Khana. Khana means oh, it's a uh-huh. it's okay, a space, yeah, area. Yeah. So the magazine of a gun is um, the literal. The British translation of Darukana, or, or I don't know which one came first, but the um, compound is on Magazine Street. And, um, you know, the idea behind naming this space was that it wasn't just about being a kitchen, but about being a kitchen in this location, right? And I know that, you know, when I got introduced to the space by you and um, started sort of coming here more, I was just like, wow, I live in Bombay, I've grown up in Bombay and I've never been here, um, was totally like unfamiliar with this neighborhood and it's such an amazing neighborhood. There's so much character, so much going on, so much history. It's like right next to Baikala, which was like one of the richest neighborhoods of Bombay. Um, so, you know, we really wanted to own the fact that it's in Ray Road and on and hence um, the street became name of the, the, the kitchen. So coming to the kitchen now, well, yeah, I mean, it's it, it took two years, which yeah. is crazy when you think about it, because, um, you know, spending that much time on a project 
uh, fit out is is pretty crazy in Bombay. But I think we were able to take that liberty because um, it was our own space. And uh, and I think there wasn't really a benchmark to follow. It needed that industrial look uh, uh, for this kitchen. You didn't want it to go and do this fancy ass kitchen. Uh, we wanted to uh, retain the surroundings of, of this uh, compound. And that's what we did. So first, what we did was we made this whole uh, flooring, went down, uh, did the co concrete slab. Then um, as we started uh, uh, bringing, uh, working up, the idea was whatever we do, it has to be, there has to be a wow effect. Yeah. It was not like a master chef. It's more, uh, this place is more like an iron chef because master chef, you'll, you'll have like 10 or 15 uh, so it was not for like home chefs. It was for professional professional chefs. I mean, that's what you see. Both these two blocks, which we imported from Italy, all the way, and this blocks came at single block on the ship, and people had to carry. It. I remember when that container arrived. I was just like, I don't even know how this is going to happen. I'm just leaving at this point. It was scary. Then a um, hundred. I mean, I don't know how many people uh, carried this uh, heavy block inside. So, Jay, you had this idea of Iron Chef, um, this being an Iron Chef-worthy kitchen. Um, so, tell us a little bit about that. So, we were talking about Anand, uh, which was a very easy choice uh, because Anand had worked under Bijoy. And Bijoy, that's what Bijoy does, recreates into what uh, it is with the surrounding. Um, Anand had the same uh, training and his thought process was exactly the same thing. And it was ideal um, uh, right uh, architect for this space. So when he came, um, he was very happy and he said, so what do you want to do with this space? Again, I said, I know, let's do part by part, but we are not going to design the entire space um, at once. So I told him the concept of uh, the Irish chef. I mean, there are two, two master chefs and they come together and they compete uh, in this. So I want this. I want one block uh, of cooking on one side and one block of cooking uh, on the other side. But the difference what we have done is in Iron Chef, you can, uh, there are two teams. And here, uh, there are four teams can uh, operate at the same time. It literally, we uh, sat one afternoon and we uh, designed this space. And we started ordering for this uh, uh, manufacturers from Italy. It's called Marino. So we brought him on board from Europe. And so that's how this space came about. You know, I obviously come into the picture a little later because I usually take over once the space is ready. But I remember you talking about, because I was also trying to understand what this space was going to be. And um, I actually remember the space that's now our dining room was actually going to be an office. Yes. And we were like, oh, free rent. Like, let's move our office here and like, you know, use that expensive real estate for something else. And... Um, and we were like, oh, we'll just move the desks and all out of the way uh, if we ever need to, like, have a dinner, which will happen, like, once in a blue moon. So, you know, it's fine. Like, we'll, we'll make this our office. That was the uh, original plan. And, of course, as... No, no, no. Actually, it was not the original plan because I wanted to keep that dining happening till the end. Oh, so, you know, like, keeping it from me as well? Also, No, because uh, it, it was... It was not an easy process because everyone will have the same question, right? Who's going to come here? It now feels like it's a space that we call, uh, you know, where you can come for dinner and a show in a way because, you know, it's it's, it's this beautiful open kitchen rather where, uh, you know, you can really see what the chefs are doing and not just 
um, you know, once or twice, like through the distance, but, you know, very much immersed into the process because you also have to enter the space through the kitchen. You walk in through the kitchen. Um, and I and I still remember this, that when we first started doing workshops here, um, a lot of the people who would attend had never worked with professional equipment. They, it was always like home equipment set up. But I think the idea of um, understanding the potential of what you can prepare if you work in a professional setup was uh, exciting on a whole new level for people who are like real cooking enthusiasts. And so I remember those reactions like very clearly. Um, but like you mentioned, because of the high ceilings here, um, the space actually became very conducive to um, film shoots and ad shoots. And we've had a bunch of very exciting shoots. And I know one of them was when um, I was particularly excited was when Saif Ali Khan was shooting for uh, the Hindi version of Chef. Then uh, uh, Farhan Akhtar, right? Oh, yeah. For Sky is Pink. I know. And then I, I, I and then we, we there was an Airtel ad here. And I completely forgot that we Deepika. done that. And yeah. we, no, not with Deepika. She wasn't an Airtel, but it was uh, another ad. But no, no, there was an ad for with Deepika also. It wasn't an ad. She was just like, doing this for her Instagram, uh, which uh, which I think got everyone very excited. But um, that Airtel happening, and then we were watching TV. Yeah, and I remember, day. I was like, oh my God, that's Max Street Kitchen. Like, imagine you're half like asleep, and then suddenly you see the kitchen on TV. It was crazy. Oh. We have done almost everything in this. I mean, we had a fashion shoot. Oh yeah, there was a fashion shoot as well. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, things that we definitely didn't expect when, when this yeah. was being... Um, created but it's been it's been a fun ride and uh and then i remember so this kitchen finally opened in june 2016 um and i know the first dinner was a a secret supper so i guess it was literally that idea of you know not knowing where you were going to end up till the last minute um i think this is the the food version of a speakeasy remember that day we had nine different chefs from uh, bombay so that was actually the the first sort of um, real like dinner that we did and uh, so we decided to launch with a bang if anything and and I think a bang did actually happen uh, in, in the electricity meter room because suddenly there was all this action here uh, that had never happened before um, and I think that just got all the the, wire, the old wires all excited. But three o'clock we lost the power. Yeah so that was the day of the dinner we had like I think we had chef uh, Raul Akirkar, Chef Alex Sanchez, Gresham Fernandez, Irfan Pabani, um, Biraf Patel, and uh, Pooja Tingra, Pooja Tingra, Sanjana, and um, Conrad. Yeah, so everyone did one course. It was a dinner for charity. And, you know, so we literally had like the creme de la creme of the city's um, F&B fraternity here. People had paid like top dollar. And then at three o'clock, electricity goes. <laughs> and where everyone's just freaking out and I remember that I was just like pacing up and down the corridor and this was June I think it was raining as well if I... so it was basically like a bit of a shit show yeah. um, and then of course like right at the last minute uh, after like much begging and pleading with the BST guys in fact one of them became like he was like Aap behen ho, like you're my sister and uh, if you ever need anything so he was on my speed dial after that but yeah but I have to tell you that day, that night, um, when um, everything was happening, um, we got our first course. Um, I believe uh, that was from Rahul uh, Akeka. I was just standing at the window and I was looking down and I said, oh my God, we have pulled it off. This is exactly 
what we wanted to achieve and it was, it was happening and we yeah. made it happen and that dinner i still remember that was one of a, my best dinner uh, in this location because there there's so many talented chefs that night and they pulled off each did one uh, course and each course was exciting and-, and i think it it just reinforced you know they loved being in the space so it kind of you know as someone who's not a chef i mean kudos to you because i think that's where the term culinary playground for us was coined because we literally saw them having a blast here uh and you know the kind of like because of this large open space the camaraderie the quality of food the fun that they were having cooking uh they were literally like kids in a candy store i i do remember uh, rahul uh, or um, most of the chefs they came to me and said what have you done i mean you have done this lovely space in bombay kudos to you and uh, you, you have a winner everyone had the same thing to say i remember the first month whenever i was coming for events here first couple of months um and i take an uber here and obviously the guy had no clue and i think that we we were really struggling with getting max street on google maps at that time so i was directing the guy and uh you know i i told him here here and he was like are you sure this is where you want and i was just like yes just drive like i know where i'm going and then and then he was like you know when it was dark because this area is obviously you know not exactly buzzing at night so it's very like not much street lighting and um you know as he was getting closer he was like are you sure like you know madam mithar kya hai you know like what's over here what are you going to um you know the shady area and uh, i was just like i couldn't really explain this space to him so i just said is there a restaurant here uh there is a restaurant here and he said you know in um, in hindi he was he said uh aajkal kahan kahan log restaurant khol dete hain right like basically like now people just open restaurants like you know in god for sake and i was just like guy like buddy just do your job and drive i will i will take care of the the restaurant part. but you know um they bring me to this point of like i just called it a restaurant for want of knowing how to explain it to him but how would you describe the space to a chef who's never been uh, a kitchen where um you can do anything um we when we were designing uh, this uh, uh, two cooking block uh, the idea was to have every element might be right that like, you need to create a, a fancy or not a, a non fancy dinner so if you walk around in this space there is everything we have a tandoor we have a wok we have um, a mass production thing so j you know another thing is um this beautiful kitchen is also home to a, a bakery it was originally just a, a production center for table and you know we moved the production from the tables prep kitchen to the max street kitchen because there was just more space uh but at some point we launched a, bris- a business and a brand um and started supplying breads you know beyond just ourselves where did that idea come from no that that was not a, a really that was not a part of the idea when i was thinking about it we wanted that set up for uh, our table and whatever the growth uh, uh if we are doing any um different restaurants so when we had this whole space i mean that was a great thing uh, uh, our thinking was to go b2b um because there's a lot of restaurants and cafes they don't have um good bread um or uh, pastries no and also i think use the space because 
because it was so event driven and exactly and there is not every day you have event yeah exactly so i think the idea was to try and generate revenue from the space on a more consistent basis uh rather than be depending on you know while it may have been uh rent free or whatever it was a lot of investment that went into it and the idea was just to try and generate you know that that time i'm the only reason i, I was not so um so sold on that idea because logistic part yeah. of it every time i felt like logistic and getting paid because no with any b2b like logistics um and credit period etc is definitely a, a challenge but so we we had implemented we are doing very successfully uh, supplying to different uh, cafes but i wanted that to be b2c so i was looking for a reason well you got your answer uh, right when covid hit and of course it's essentially um you know when lockdown happened and all the restaurants which were essentially our clients closed we didn't really have a choice but to pivot you got all your prayers answered <laughs> it was very hard uh, uh to switch the business because you know you're already committed to uh, uh so many different cafes and restaurants and you can't just all night say hey we are not going to supply we are going to uh, uh go into uh, consumer business i mean covid gave us that uh, opportunity the minute it happened i said oh my god now is the time to just take that well it it happened whether we liked it or not and uh, you know this space got sent during covid i think it basically kept our company alive right like what we were able to do here so you know because bakeries were allowed to operate um as an essential service we were able to get back um you know get the operation back up and running the dining room became a dormitory um you know we instead of guests lining up we had uh, delivery riders lining up outside but we had just started iktara and that helped i yeah. mean we uh, started iktara online we we also you know were part of the feed the needy program um uh, run by the nrei where we were cooking um meals so like migrant workers would basically you know no access to any livelihood and uh, i mean this kitchen was literally the lifeline for the business it transformed yet again into a completely different space uh and i have to say like as someone who's not a chef who it doesn't have a cooking bone in my body uh as you know <laughs> um there's something about the space right you know you you talked about that first meal when you had that first course here and you just felt this rush and you felt this sense of satisfaction i mean i'll be honest i still get that when um i no every I, uh, every meal that uh, uh, the opportunities that we get uh to do our post uh expat or uh indian chef and have that meal that night is just wonderful i don't think it's it's you know about us taking credit or anything i think this space has become a platform for a lot of chefs who may not you know who have incredible talent um but may not have a restaurant space to showcase that talent um you know it's given them that voice it's given them an opportunity to get people to try their food and i'm i'm really proud of i think um you know what this space stands for and uh you know how it makes both diners and the chef return yeah feel. think about this i mean just because we had the family had this space and we converted in this space into it but actually you need this kind of space spaces in the city this is a place where they can experiment um they can have uh the invite uh, the friends or um uh, do a dinner uh, uh, and sell uh, that dinner for um 
20 people to about 40 people. So where else can you uh, a, a ready souped up, <laughs> souped up uh, kitchen is available uh, to express your talent? So speaking of chefs, um, you know, it's been seven years. I'm sure we've had like over 50 chefs cook here uh, over the years. What have been some of your favorite meals? Uh, there are many um, uh, dinners I'm, and it's continuing uh, as we go. Uh, every meal, uh, every dinner I've come, there's something special, uh, there's something different. Um, if you if you ac actually ask me who are, uh, uh, which are the, those dinners, one I remember Andrew Black, uh, who was from New York, sous chef from uh, uh, EMP in Levin Madison, Indian chef, um, Manish has come here. Okay, you're taking all my favorite picks, but yeah, I think with Chef Manish, I remember I used to like help with like just hovering around the tandoor to like help take the naans, those amazing truffle cheese naan. And I think every basket had one less because I was the courier to the table. And you know, the other very interesting meal we had here was um, Park Bench, uh, Chef Andre. When he came, when you mentioned to me about Hey, we are going to have this uh, a dinner. It was a lunch, yeah. Delhi, yeah. Delhi uh, sandwiches and all. I said, oh my God, oh, what are you going to do? I mean, we usually do... What happened to all the fine dining? One tasting menu, uh, five course or ten course. But that was also very interesting. Do you remember Wagyu steak dinner we had? I think we're not supposed to talk about that. It was not Wagyu and it was not uh, anything <laughs> contraband. <laughs> It was the most expensive dinner uh, was, uh, which we had and everyone loved it. And um, and we had uh, invited your dad because his... Uh, that was the first dinner he actually sat down and had here. And he loves uh, steak, so we invited him. And um, he had a superb uh, meal that day. And next day he called me and he said, Hey, Jay, I'm sick. I said, what happened? Uh, did something happen? Uh, Something you ate is last night. He said, "Yes, I ate, but if I'm not, I'm not got sick because I ate. I got sick because I ate too much." <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah. that's what Max Street Kitchen does to you. So yeah, and I remember actually, I remember Luke's dinner as well. Um, you know, I actually sat for it twice because it was so good. Um, so Jay, after all this, we've we've just like relived the last seven years in in the last thirty minutes, and uh, you know it's been a ride for sure. Would you do it all over again, either here or in a new place? <laughs> Does your family have any more? Uh... I think if they do, they're not giving it to you. They're not going to tell you about it. No, no. So many people have called me afterwards, her family members, for us to do restaurants or take over their go down their go downs and all <laughs> i said one is enough so there may only ever be one mag street kitchen is what you're saying <laughs> um i have thought about uh doing something like this in bangalore delhi and all but yeah you have to come up with a creative idea to sustain commercially sustain this kind of a, a flag but if anyone <laughs> anywhere in india thinking about it just do it because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's lots of fun. I really hope you got a, a a bit of a glimpse and a little bit of history on Max Street Kitchen. And um, like I said, the OG speakeasy of kitchens, maybe not bars, but kitchens. And you'll be hearing more from a lot of the other chefs who delighted us with their food. I think that's what inspired our name of 
speak breezy. So I hope you'll tune in to the rest of the episodes and um, live through the adventure through a lot of our chef's eyes.